Do you have a serious long-term health condition? Then make sure you double your defences this winter with the COVID-19 and flu vaccines. Extra protection is critical, as flu and COVID-19 can make you seriously ill. It's safe to have both vaccines at the same time, so don't delay. Do it now. Double your defences. Get vaccinated. Get protected. Go to nhs.uk to find out more. This is our People podcast telling the stories behind South Tyneside and Sunderland NHS Foundation Trust. Hi and welcome to Our People podcast. I'm your host, Harry Newhouse, and I'm a PR and social media assistant here at the Trust. On today's episode, we'll be talking about oral health, and here to discuss this with me are oral health promoters Pauline Wright and Emma Bruce. Welcome to the podcast, Pauline and Emma. Hello. Thank you, Harry. To get things started, Pauline, could you explain what you do on a daily basis as oral health promoters? Yes, uh, our role entails lots of training, Harry. Uh, so we go into various venues across south of Tyne and Weir, and we deliver our mouth care messages you know, to it can be carers, it can be um, school teachers, it can be um, health professionals like the Norton 19 team, and um, we'll have a, a quite a wide range of people that we sort of speak to and train. And uh, Emma, does your role differ from Pauline's? No, my role is exactly the same as Pauline's, and that is along with other members of our team. There's six of us in total, the other four are Melanie. Laura, Amy and Maria. Maria being our oral health promotion manager. Uh, why did you both want to promote oral health and how did it? Uh, how did you get into your roles uh, that you have here at the Trust? Basically, uh, Harry, our, our roles have kind of evolved from being a dental nurse to sort of being more on the, the um, training side uh, of our, our job. Again, I, I trained as a dental nurse and got obviously the qualification, worked in a, a clinical um, area for uh, quite a few years and I guess it's the same with you, Emma. Yeah, yeah. I started off dental nursing after leaving school as well and back in the day I think the dentist did involve you quite a bit with delivering oral health with the patients in the surgery. Um, these days I think we'll have less time for to do that so it's just been a bit of career progression to be able to go off and do that yourself. Yeah, and, and from my um, point of view, I, I think um, if you've got the gift of the gab, as we both have, using that gift in a, a, a good way. I suppose it's passion in what you do as well, mm-hmm. so promoting the oral health way. Like I say, in surgery, it's the dentist really that's doing that, so we're limited to what we can say to the patients in surgery, but now we're, we're able, with that qualification, to go off out and do that ourselves. Our target target audience is um, a vast array. We can go in and talk to people who are dependent on drug and alcohol and give those advice um, about looking after their mouths, you know, as they're going through the, the various processes. We can talk to health professionals. We can go into schools and talk to the teachers. We can't actually talk to the children because we use the, the, train, the trainer model. And obviously, trying to look at the environment in school to make sure that it's um, it promotes our our good good oral health messages. Yeah. What made you want to become promoters and sort of leave the nursing side? 
I think for me it was just the case of it was a, a progression. Well, I could see it as a progression to sort of be in control of your own diary and, um, you know, book, book your own venues in, um, obviously following a, a work plan, but uh, it gave you a little bit more freedom. I think it, it makes you feel like you're directly making a difference as well. So, like I say, in surgery, you might feel like you wanted to have a bit of input in a particular patient's journey, um, but you're very limited, where now we're in control of um, going out and delivering those messages and it feels very rewarding um, to see that you might have made a difference in your working day. So you get into the problem before it's a problem rather than... That's it, finding yeah. the solution when it is Prevention, a yeah. Brilliant. And um, why, well, you've mentioned a few, a few things there, but why is it important to promote oral health? And you mentioned a few of your target audience, but especially for younger people, uh, for the younger audience, why is it so important to promote it? We spend about fifty million pounds taking, you know, children's teeth out, Harry. So it has a massive impact on uh, our NHS. If we can get um, the messages over to prevent it happening in the first place, then that that's got to be good. If we can get get the um, children from a, a young age, you know, to, to sort of regular toothbrushing uh, with a fluoride toothpaste. If we can get them to keep sugars, sugars to meal times, if we can also get them to visit the dentist at least, you know, once every six months, then that's a good um, start to their, you know, sort of having good, good oral health. Mm. And you know how much sugary drinks and foods and snacks are available these days, especially to the teenage groups as well so yeah prime and all that type uh-huh. of thing sometimes yeah. we do have freedom to, to go to select groups as well so we might target them um you know certain groups what what certain groups would you would that be so so it would be like a vulnerable group like um uh, maybe we've been at colleges in the past yeah, haven't we and yeah. um young mums groups so yeah able to target the mums of little ones so I guess with a with a baby, you've got like a blank canvas there because they haven't kind of got any teeth. And you so find that the young mums want to do, you know, the the best that they can do mm-hmm. for the maybe the firstborn or mm-hmm. the young child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's providing that education for mm-hmm. them to know yeah. how to. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult when they've got so many products, you know, that they can use um, that would make their life easier. Sometimes those they don't realise that those products may have like a lot of sugar um, you know and, and I guess they're taken in by adverts and, and, and all that type of thing and as young mums they probably will, would be um, sort of open to, to any kind of uh, sort of any kind of product that's going to make their life a little bit easier so if we can go in and say well did you know that if you um, boiled up some potatoes and froze it and you would be making your life a lot easier plus you'd be keeping the child a little bit healthier Mm -hmm. as well so if we can get in there you know when the child's very young that's probably the the, one of our aims Mm -hmm. and where does this service cover so is it just south townside and um, Sunderland and is it mainly in the community It, it is in the community yes and we're covering side Sunderland and Gateshead. Three areas, yeah. yes. Quite a large area. Divided between us all in the team, yeah. So it keeps us, Very busy. Keeps us going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And so what are the main messages that you try and promote? So I presume you've got different messages for like the younger younger target audience and you've got uh, like, uh, for your older target audience it might be stuff like stop smoking and yeah so with with our younger ones it'll be just the three main messages uh, which would be you know to start your toothbrushing as early as possible when the first baby tooth comes through um, and to use a fluoride toothpaste uh, what people don't actually know is that we've got no fluoride in the water in South Tyneside, we've got none in Sunderland, and only parts of Gateshead is fluoridated. New, the parts nearer to Newcastle, they will be fluoridated because they get the, the water from Newcastle, and Newcastle Council put the fluoride in the water there. Oh, really? um, so we have to sort of educate sort of young young parents. Um, as to how much fluoride that they actually need, and um, a, a baby from sort of naught to two needs um, a thousand parts per million, and it will be written on the back of the, the toothpaste. Um, and not uh, sorry, sorry, a three a seven would need fourteen hundred parts per million, and we as adults we need fourteen fifty parts per million. So Emma, what are the most common issues? Uh you see within oral health with, with adults mainly? So with adults, things like um, smoking and um, the vaping, you know, when we're going in. Well, yeah, the vaping's quite, it, it dries the mouth out quite a lot. Um, so we are just waiting to, to hear more research uh, about that. Um, I feel it's still just sugar. I think it's people not knowing what the recommended sugar intake should be. So if, that, if you don't know what your recommendation is, you don't know really whether how far, how much over you're going on a daily basis. Because we do carry sugar bags around with us as examples of, did you know that these um, jelly babies have got 35 teaspoons in? It's always the most shocking one. So 35 teaspoons compared to your seven teaspoons as an adult that you should have in a day. It's, you know, you're going five days over your daily intake and just that one thing and so, I think I think people think because it's a drink then you know it doesn't have any impact uh, on the on the mouth but yeah. it does you know yeah. since it's, the energy drinks have sort of 13 14 uh, yeah 14 yeah, yeah. Um, teaspoonfuls of sugar one I find always shocking is the um the smoothies my daughter seems to pick the the shop bought smoothies thinking that's just doing good because it's healthy but actually um, the one in particular that I've worked out for her it's got over 20 teaspoons in so it's got more than an energy drink in um, so everyone's always shocked to, to find those kind of things out So when drinking stuff like uh, Coca-Cola um, is it always best to have the zero sugar or what's or what's it replaced with? To so yeah if you have um, the zero sugar um, you have to be careful of the wording of some of them because they might say zero, but it might not mean completely zero sugar. Um, if it was sugar-free, it's not so bad, um, and it wouldn't cause tooth decay if you had it in between your meals. Anything with sugar in should just be consumed as part of a meal. So the safest drinks to have in between would be milk or water. But yeah, these um, zero Cokes, for instance, they'll have sweeteners in. Again, some people don't really like to have sweeteners, but it's just known the damage that sugar can do to your teeth and yeah. things. Um, well, and your hips as well, isn't it? <laughs> having that informed decision, really, isn't it? And what, what are the best ways to practice good oral hygiene at home? So the, you were mentioning the three main messages kind of before. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the first one was 
brushing twice a day with a fluoride toothpaste, keeping your sugary snacks or drinks to meal times, and regularly visiting a dentist. And I, I guess people would think, well, why should we keep sugar for meal times? But you know, our saliva um, comes into play if we allow it to. Because um, what happens in the mouth is, you know, you eat something sugary, the germs will consume that sugar as well and have a little squirt of acid on your teeth. Basically, they have a little wee in your mouth, uh, <laughs> Harry, and um, that acid actually can destroy the teeth. But if we allow our saliva, the saliva will dilute, it will wash around the mouth, and eventually it will replace the minerals. It takes three hours for that uh, process to happen, the remineralization process. So if we can keep sugar to meal times, that will allow our saliva to, to repair in between. So it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. With the older people, they might be on medications um, that make the saliva non-existent in some cases, so they have to rely on artificial saliva. That's not recycled, mind. It's artificial, um, and they get mouth gels and things to help as well. Artificial is obviously the, they make it in the lab and they have the, the right um, the enzymes, enzymes in, yeah. yeah. And, so um, it's like some people, I, I know when you say if they have dry mouth, they'll take a, a bottle of water around with them, mm -hmm. but it just doesn't have that same effect as what it would if you were using an artificial saliva because of the enzymes and stuff. But in that instance, I think somebody with a dry mouth would need a higher prescription toothpaste off a dentist. So instead of the 1,450 parts per million fluoride, they'd probably get the one that's 2,800 or 5,000 parts per million just to protect the teeth that the saliva's not there doing. So an older person as well, they might have quite a high sugar diet um, mm -hmm. if they're in a care home you know they might have and the dry mouth yeah. yeah and a dry mouth on top of it so they might benefit as well from having fluoride varnish applied uh, by, more regularly yeah, yeah. more regularly yeah, maybe every three months mm -hmm. and that would be um, a big amount that would be about actually that's something that we're going to be piloting well, oh, really? right now actually starting yeah. from September we were um, applying fluoride varnish to older people yeah. Well, uh, Just to see what kind of an impact that will have on protecting the teeth. We'll have to have uh, yeah. another podcast when the results uh, when the results are out for that. Yes. And um, well, can bad oral health have a wider impact on your overall health? Yes, it can. It definitely mm -hmm. can. They're yes. doing lots of research into that, um, and obviously we know the four obvious things: um, bad breath, tooth loss, gum disease, and the likes. Um, it's also related to. Alzheimer's and dementia, um, strokes, heart disease, lung conditions such as aspirational pneumonia and things like that, mm -hmm. um, if, oral if you, cancer. If you can sort of, if your mouth is not cared for and you've got um, gums, yeah, gums that bleed, infection, mm -hmm. you're swallowing all of that infection and it's going, you know, to all In parts of your body. And, things, yeah. Yeah. and there's a direct link between um, you know, diabetes. If you if you don't look after your teeth, it has a, a direct impact on the sugar, your sugar, sugar uh, level. And if you, your sugar levels up, it has a direct contact to, to the gums as well. So it's like a, a vicious, vicious circle sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, it does have a massive impact on general health. We say that you can't have a healthy body without having you know a healthy mouth as well. Just when we go in and, and talk to carers, you know, we're trying. 
make see. the emphasis on you know sort of getting, incorporate it into the daily routine yeah, uh, just like you would showering and mm -hmm. the rest of it and you'll be surprised how how often it, it doesn't happen you know and how many times you know we go into a care home and say look we are trying to get twice a day routine and they'll say well we haven't got time well for that, actually i mean it, it does become difficult for them because a lot of the residents won't open the mouth if they've got dementia and things because obviously they're not sure what it's all about and what they're doing maybe they've got painful gums as well so there's all these limiting factors mm -hmm. that are preventing it but we we have a couple of little things that we can um ask them to do so there's a, a toothpaste called aura nurse and it's um got no flavor so it takes away that minty taste yeah. um and it doesn't foam as well so that's a good couple of things that i think um would prevent them having oral health delivered for them and we always say, if you're having difficulty with toothbrushing, the first thing you should change is the toothpaste before you try and change the, um, the toothbrush. But then also, if you're having trouble still, there's a, a toothbrush, it's called a three-sided toothbrush. So it does cover all three sides of the tooth at once. Um, so it does um, cut toothbrush and time down only a third. So if somebody's not letting you in for long enough, so you're not able to spend the whole two minutes, that toothpaste along with that kind of a toothbrush is going to really benefit. Yeah. And where can somebody get, get these? Well, unfortunately, they're not in the supermarkets. They're only online. So we do have links that we send them to, but Amazon's usually a good one. Yeah, so Amazon, you can get them the more you buy, yeah. I think. Um, if they search it, if they search it online. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'd find it, yeah, three-sided. So it only has to be in the mouth a third of the time. And <laughs> quite often they say, you know, we can't get in because they've got a, a strong tongue thrust or something mm -hmm. like that. Well, that just pushes the tongue out of the way, so, yeah, mm -hmm. so it makes it a lot easier and, and time. But that toothpaste would also be good for a lot of um, maybe autistic children who don't like the minty. There's lots of children that just don't like minty toothpaste. They say it's spicy. Um, but so that or nurse, it's beneficial to a lot of people. They just don't know it's available. Uh -huh. It um, used to be av available in pasta as well, oh, but right. again... Possibly because it didn't sell very well because yeah. people didn't know what it was. They've got to actually go to the chemist and order it, and then the chemist will get a regular order, you know, uh, place for. But mind if somebody doesn't mind a little bit of mint, Sensodyne toothpaste's SLS free, which is the sodium laurel sulfate, which causes the foaming. Um, so, so, so Sensodyne will yeah. have that non-foaming action, but it'll still have a bit of mild mint. So it just depends on what you're looking for. There's also, um, I think it's Aquafresh are doing a, a census range so that, again, um, they'll do different flavours so that um, it has an adult fluoride content but like a, a nicer flavour. Milder, because uh, a lot of people... Quite mild, yeah. And uh, you mentioned there that like, a lot of people just don't know that uh, like, things like this are about, so where is the best place to find all, all this information? Is there one spot? It's not really one spot. It usually there? comes from us, to be yeah. honest, but we are just a small team in a, okay. a large area. We would always, if we do work in school or if we do work in um, a care home, um, we would all, always send a signposting sheet. Mm -hmm. So it would give you products, it would give you um, uh, toothpaste, all that type of thing, and um, information. Um, so that they could you know, get that, the products a bit more. Mind you, we are working, because it's train the trainer and we do a lot of, it's mech what we do, so making yeah. every contact count. Mm -hmm. So when, if ever we tell the Note 19 team within our service, 
there's plenty they would know that information and fill that, that information down for us so oh, okay. how important is it to visit the dentist yeah obviously it's very important the sooner a, a cavity is detected you know it's making the job much smaller if it gets left it's just going to progress. I mean, tooth decay is not going to just disappear on its own. It would need to be treated. From the other side of the coin is, you know, an adult should go at least once a year, not just because of the, the sort of state of the teeth and the gums, but the dentist also looking for mouth cancers as well. We're coming up to Mouth Cancer Action Month, which is in November. Um, and we would do like a little campaign um, around Mouth Cancer Action Month. And um, the dentist looks Feels, you know, you might have to put your tongue out, put it in mm-hmm. different positions, um, and then he's, he's, he or she is looking for uh, any kind of change in the mouth. So it might be a red patch, it might be a white patch, it could be um, an overgrowth of gum, um, and it's, it looks similar. The white patches look a little bit similar to an ulcer. Now an ulcer will go away within two weeks, but mouth cancer obviously won't. So. If, if you've got, if someone says to you, you know, oh, I've got this thing, I've had it in your mouth a month or so, you know, we would immediately say go along to the dentist and get it checked out um, because you could be saving somebody's life. It's like any cancer, early mm-hmm. detection yeah. is the thing. If in doubt, get it checked out. Nowadays, especially after COVID, it was well publicised that uh, currently people are struggling to see dentists. Mm-hmm. Um, why is this? And as you mentioned there, if someone's got something that's possibly serious, will they be able to find a dentist? So, yeah, just accessing a dentist is um, very limited now. I think the majority of dentists are seeing a lot more private patients. The availability on the NHS has been cut right back. So this is just meaning that we're finding a lot of the groups that we're seeing, they're ringing up and there's just nobody taking on, or they're seeing the waiting lists are a good couple of years long. So these patients are just sort of left without being able to access a dentist. So they're not really presenting with problems or they're maybe presenting to the GPs instead. As well, if somebody's turning up at the dentist, um, a filling that would have been so small if they'd shown up every six months has then progressed into being a really large filling. Um, they might need three, four or five of those fillings that might have taken a dentist just 20 minutes to sort out pre-COVID. Um, so it is the amount of work that the dentists are having to do. It's put a, a big strain, hasn't it, on the yeah. on the NHS. Does this make your roles even more important now? Yes, more because important, if, yeah. they, if you can pre- prevent it from happening in the first place by doing a lot of mm-hmm. the, the work at home, i.e. Yeah. brushing teeth, keep sugar meal times, then in the long run it'll be- benefit the patient. You know, the pilot that Emma was discussing before um, about going, we're going into care homes and putting some fluoride on their teeth. Again, that's a form of prevention. So if that care home can't get a dentist to go in, at least you know, when the CQC go in, at least the, the see that the care home is trying to do something about it and prevent you know further problems. Um, yeah. Because a, a applying fluoride varnish, it can actually stop it. A tooth from decaying any, any worse, yeah, yeah arrest that decay. Worse. And also, we're, um, we're working along with the schools to, to implement toothbrushing programs within school, mm-hmm. so allowing year groups to brush the teeth within school. Um, so that's an extra time of day that would be brushing. So, again, just to hopefully 
yeah. help with that strengthening using with the that mates right. that would feel more likely mm -hmm. to do it yeah saying that Pierre's doing it yeah. like yeah. some of them might only brush once a, t once a day at home um, so that that is their second time of day and if might we're find following if we're following kind of nice guidelines you know it's last thing at night that's the yeah, important most time important and just one other time during the day mm -hmm. so it doesn't really have to be morning and night but as long as they're having that mm -hmm. two blasts the flu ride um, twice a day that's going to sort of benefit their teeth. Uh, fluoride is a, a mineral and our enamel is a mineral and it soaks in and it strengthens so um, it, it's good to uh, get them into a, a routine isn't it you know of getting that twice a day um, application. We always say um, pop your toothpaste directly onto a dry toothbrush everyone's always shocked on the see your face and they're like oh, I wet my toothbrush before and then I wet it again and then I put it in you just and then form it goes down that, the <laughs> you form that toothpaste up quite a bit and you lose half of it I mean you're only using a pea sized amount so you don't want to lose all of that um, so it's just brush your teeth then everyone's heard I'm sure in the dentist to spit out the toothpaste and don't rinse with water afterwards um, just so that you're topically leaving that excess um, paste in your mouth for a little bit longer to to work on your mouth there but then everyone always asks about mouthwash straight after mouthwash hasn't got nowhere near the fluoride in that um our toothpaste has mm. so you would just be washing off that fluoride to use a mouthwash directly after so we'll see wait a little while after toothbrushing to use your mouthwash if not use it maybe that other yeah. time of day maybe it's lunchtime when you're not going to be brushing and last thing at night is the important time but you would wait at least a half hour um, before you know brushing your teeth after after they've had some supper or um, or a meal you know wait at least half an hour after uh, because obviously you'll be brushing the, the acids from yeah. whatever the food is uh, brushing it into the gums uh, into the teeth. What can somebody do if they are struggling to find a dentist? They could try one 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 yeah that would be the out of hours service to yeah. see an emergency dentist. The out of hours service covers every single holiday, um, including Christmas Day, Boxing Day, um, and they might have to travel a little bit to, to actually access that that particular dentist. But um, if they're in pain, you know, at least they would be pain free. Get them out of that that mm -hmm. sort of painful period. That brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, thank you, Pauline and Emma, uh, for joining me today. Thank oh, you, thank Harry. you, thank you. Been good. Thanks for joining us for this episode of our People Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and check out our other stories. Hit subscribe to keep up with the latest and catch up with what we've been up to on our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search for our name.